0: Go ahead and open your Bibles up to the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 7. The series is called Glory in the Church. The sermon is called Unsearchable Riches. Today we find in the Bible one description of what salvation is like, what knowing Jesus is like. It's like finding unsearchable riches, like finding a buried treasure. That's what it's like to know Jesus. Several years ago, I shared a story about a man who was a millionaire, and he, he was rich, and he wanted to do something special with his money. So he put his uh, gold, he put his gems, he put his treasure in a treasure box, and then he hid it. And he hid it, uh, and then he wrote a poem and put it in his memoir so that anyone could go and find it. And several years ago when I shared this, there was, it was quite a story because no one had found it. The treasure was worth uh, reportedly over two million dollars. And he said, it's under a canopy of stars in the lush forested vegetation of the Rocky Mountains. And it hasn't moved from the spot that I put it over ten years ago. This became quite a... Uh, a popular thing for people to do. It became a sensation, luring tens of thousands of people to try and decipher the clues that he left in his memoir to embark on what they hoped would be a life-altering hike in the wilderness. But no one could find the right spot. For some, it became a dangerous obsession in the process of looking for the treasure that was said to be as worth, uh, worth as much as two million dollars. At least um, four people had died. Here's a picture of the treasure. And he he put it in a box that's small enough to where he could hide it out there somewhere. And here's a close-up of the gems and the priceless artifacts that are inside of it. And then here's a picture of the map. And in his memoir, The Thrill of the Chase, he said, all the clues that you need to find this treasure are right in here. Let me read a little bit to you from this, uh, this poem that was also a hint. He said, begin it where warm waters halt and take it in the canyon down. Not far, but too far to walk, put in below the home of Brown. From there it's no place for the meek. The end is ever drawing nigh. There'll be no paddle up your creek, just heavy loads and water high. So hear me all and listen good. Your effort will be worth the cold. If you are brave and in the wood, I give you title to the gold. Well, it's amazing to... um, to learn that at least 250,000 people had been out looking for this treasure. And Fenn announced last week or a few weeks ago that someone had finally found this treasure. He confirmed that someone finally found it. And what's amazing is that he uh, pledged that even if he died, he was 90 years old last August, he pledged that even if he died, he would never reveal where his treasure was. He said, if I die, my treasure goes with me. This idea of finding a hidden treasure, this idea of finding unsearchable riches, we're going to draw on that today in God's Word, because I've got something better for you than Forrest Fenn's treasure, and the Apostle Paul is going to tell us about it in the book of Ephesians. Let's pray, and then we'll get into the Word together. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would open our eyes to see the riches of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ in your Word today. Show us today what it means to find these unsearchable riches and to know Jesus personally. And we pray that you would encourage our hearts as we spend time together in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, in Ephesians 3, verse 7, um, continuing on, the uh, Apostle Paul is talking about the, the gospel that's been revealed to the Gentiles, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says in verse seven, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. Hey, the first thing you can write down this morning is this. Have you humbly received grace in Christ How do we find this glorious treasure of heaven? Well, the Apostle Paul is clear. He said, Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace. It is a gift that we would receive this wonderful, uh, glorious opportunity to know Christ. So, have you humbly received grace in Christ? Last week we heard about the Apostle Paul's story, how he was persecuting the church and then Jesus actually spoke to him from heaven, revealed that he was the risen Lord, and then the Apostle Paul devoted his life, the rest of his life, to no longer destroying the church but to building it up. And he says here that he's the least of the saints and he said that it was simply given to me to to know Christ and to serve him, it was simply given to me as a gift. That's humbling to realize that we receive this as a free gift. This is called the gospel. The gospel is understanding that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and that we are undeserving, that God's handing something to us that we will never deserve and he's allowing us to go somewhere that we don't belong. Jesus died on the cross to take away all of our sins. He rose again on the third day and he ascended to the right hand of the Father where he now rules heaven and earth. This is called the gospel. Now let me ask you a question. Do you love when you hear the gospel in a sermon? When we talk about the tomb, when we talk about the cross, when we talk about the risen Lord, do you yawn? Or is it your favorite part of the sermon? I think too often Christians get bored with the gospel. And I hope you don't think this again. Uh, I hope you don't think, oh, this, I've heard this before. I hope the gospel isn't becoming old news to you. Because listen, this is the greatest news that we can ever hear on the planet. The grace of God is given to us in Jesus Christ. I hope that that hearing that is better to you than hearing your favorite song on the radio. Let's not become Christians like in the church in Ephesus. They had been Christians for a while. They, they were mature. They were godly. They were sending out missionaries. And what did the apostle Paul say to them? The gospel. Let's not become so mature in the faith that the gospel gets old to us. Have you humbly received grace in Christ? It's by grace that we've been saved. Jot this down. Do you humble yourself daily? We're given a wonderful portrait of humility here from the Apostle Paul. He says here that he was made a minister according to a gift. So this is not deserved. This is simply given to him. And he says, by the working of his power, he didn't do it. God did this for him. Then it says, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given. So he views himself as like the lowest of the low. I mean, he views himself at the bottom of everyone. And that's humbling to realize that the Apostle Paul sees himself not as this champion, not as this hero of the faith, not as this person who you should be like, wow, him, but this person who you should be like, whoa. Him? And this is the guy who's writing the Bible. This is the guy who got a sneak peek of heaven, and he's like, yeah, I'm at the bottom. I'm at the bottom. And this idea of taking your rightful place at the bottom of the pile is humility. And the Bible says we are to clothe ourselves with humility. Humility means getting low. It means that we're not elevating ourselves or getting a big head. It means that we we are rightly drawn to the earth because of the gravity of the grace of God. When I think of getting low, I think of limbo, right? When you were a kid, did you like to limbo at birthday parties? How low can you go? I looked up the Guinness Book of World Records holder for the limbo, and here she is. She's called the Limbo Queen. She set the record live on Regis and Kelly. Get this. She limboed eight and a half inches. Eight. So if you're an eight and a half shoe, Just tip your shoe up and then put a broomstick there and good luck. She's so good, she can limbo under an SUV. Check this out. She can go all the way under the car. (laughs) She's, now get this, she's famous because of how low she can get to the ground. She's famous for it. And I wonder if that's our heart. I wonder if we're known for how low we get to the ground. I wonder if we're known for seeing ourselves with the appropriate lowness that comes when we realize that it's by God's grace that we are saved. Hey, listen. Humility is the high ground of heaven. And the Bible is clear. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. It's a paradox I know. But Jesus himself humbled himself. He became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And what did God do? God gave him the name that is above every name. So in the Christian life, down is up. So get low and stay low because of the grace of God. And watch out. Watch out for when you lose humility. How could we know when we're losing a humble posture? It's easy. We feel superior to other Christians. How are you when you're around other Christians, particularly Christians who are perhaps younger than you and less knowledgeable in the faith? How are you? Do you feel superior to them? Do you think you've leveled up that you're somehow in any way better off than them? How else? Well, watch out when when your ears get smaller, when you're no longer open to listening to feedback from other people, particularly if there's... Uh, If there's some correction that comes your way, if you resent that, if your ears are closed off to that, then you're losing your humble posture. Watch out. Watch out when you're always the teacher and never the learner. Always talking, never asking. Watch out when you feel like you know it all and the Bible is old and you don't find many surprises. Watch out. Watch out when you're afraid to tell people the truth about your, your struggles in the faith. Watch out when you're only presenting a report card with all A's and you're never talking about your C's or your D's or your F's. Maybe you need to say, God, I humble myself today. God, I get low again today. Have you humbly received grace in Christ? Do you humble yourself daily? Jot this down. Do you treasure your relationship with Jesus? So now we're coming upon that image here. The Apostle Paul says to me, though I'm the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. All right, now follow this image because it's a wonderful image. I'm Looking for a treasure. Where is it? It's hidden in the darkness. Okay, Uh, give me some idea where exactly we need to go to find this treasure. Um, Well, it's in in God. It's in where? It's in God. Oh, how are you going to find that? Right. Paul here says that he's bringing to light for everyone this plan of the mystery that has been hidden for ages in God— And he says it is now the unsearchable riches of Christ. Here Paul comes from from the mind of God, from the the mysterious hiddenness in the Old Testament of what God would do and the Messiah would come. And what does he come out with? He comes out with Christ. He emerges with Jesus Christ. And he's talking about it like he just found gold. Hey, do you treasure your relationship with Jesus I saw a funny meme, given the pandemic and social distancing and everything, I found a funny meme. It says this, What a confusing time to be a pirate. All of the X's on the ground, where's the treasure? Where's the treasure? Make it hard to find it. And boy, was this treasure hard to find. It was a mystery hidden for ages in God, in the Creator. And yet it's now revealed, it's now made known, it's now something that we can treasure Hey, do you treasure your relationship with Jesus? When you talk about Jesus, do you talk about as if you found gold? We do tell everyone about things we love. And if we love Jesus, we will tell others about him. The thing that I love most right now is that our family just got a new puppy. The puppy's name is Cosmo. He's a golden doodle. He's the cutest thing on the planet. I can tell you all day about all the awesome things and fun things that he has done for our family, but I'm just going to show you a video. Check it out. This is our new puppy. (laughs) He looks so cute. So I think you would agree that he's pretty adorable. All the neighbors want to meet him. All our friends want to meet him. All the cousins want to meet him because he's really charming. And when we talk about him, we say how he's helped us as a family to be so joyful and he wakes the kids up in the morning uh, and teaches us responsibility and gets us off of our screens and we talk about him because we love him for now. I mean, his teeth are growing in, so pretty soon we might not be that happy with him when he starts chewing things up. But listen... Do you, do you tell everyone about the things that you love most? Then how are you doing at telling everyone about Jesus, the one who you treasure? Christians sometimes get laryngitis, right? Spiritual laryngitis. We don't, we don't talk about Jesus. We lose our voice. We get real quiet. And, and we don't have great spiritual conversations for extended periods of time. The Apostle Paul here says that he's bringing it to light. He says here that it was by God's grace that he was appointed to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches. So these images of saying it, these images of bringing it to light, um, these images that the manifold wisdom of God can be made known, all shows us that we have to share this truth about Jesus with other people. How are you doing at finding your voice and talking to other people about Christ? How are you doing? It says something amazing here. It says, Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Who are they? Those are angels and demons. Listen to how astonishing this is. The gospel is so interesting, angels and demons are into it. The Bible says that angels long to look into such things and that heaven rejoices over one sinner who repents. This is a phenomenal truth. Listen, I don't know what you think when you think about angels, but they're not sitting around watching Netflix. All right, they are watching the glory of God, the wisdom of God unfolding in the church. And if they're really excited about it, boy, shouldn't we be excited about it? Shouldn't we be telling other people about it? But sometimes we get timid, sometimes we get distracted, sometimes we get bored with our faith. So we have to bring it to light. Hey, listen, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. Don't talk about Jesus because you feel guilty. Talk about Jesus because you feel grateful. Talk about Jesus because you found gold and you want other people to know about it. And you don't have to run out and find a stranger. You can talk to your spouse about Jesus. You be the one to bring him up. You can talk to your kids about Jesus. Get the conversation going. You can talk to your sister, your neighbors. Just say his name, smile gladly, as if you've just found treasure. Number one, have you humbly received grace in Christ? Do you humble yourself daily? Do you treasure your relationship with Jesus? That's number one. Number two, jot this down. Boldly access God's presence by faith in Christ. Boldly access God's presence by faith in Christ. It goes on to say this in verse 11. This was according to the eternal purpose that he was realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Okay, so he says there was a purpose, it was an eternal purpose, and he's realized it in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, the Bible says here that we have boldness and access with confidence through faith. This means that we are welcome in the highest heavens. Why? Because our faith in Jesus Christ. And we're not just welcome to sit in a corner in heaven forever. We are welcomed into God's holiest presence because of Jesus Christ. So we boldly access God's presence by faith in Christ. This idea of getting into heaven makes me feel like I'm going somewhere that I don't belong. This idea of getting to heaven makes me feel like I'm achieving something that I was never qualified for. It makes me feel like I'm going I'm to be so out of place when I get there. That reminded me of one of the most popular and unforgettable movies in the 90s. It was called Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings. we got some pictures from the movie Cool Runnings here. It told the true story about how four Jamaicans shockingly qualified for the Olympics and competed in the 1988 Olympics in Calgary. They formed the first Jamaican bobsledding team. Here's some training pictures. Uh, What made it amazing was they lived in a tropical climate and they trained for the Winter Olympics. So when they got there, they were the ultimate underdogs. They didn't even have their own sled. And then when one of their team members got injured at the Olympics, they recruit, the pilot grabbed his younger brother, who was not part of the qualifying team, and taught him the ropes of bobsledding at the Olympics. And so they managed to get out there, and they finished two runs. But then they crashed on the third run at 80 miles an hour. So after they got out of the bobsled, they started walking to the finish line. They knew that they had failed as Olympiads go but they wanted to cross the finish line and and a great thing happened while they approached the finish line the crowd started to roar because they did it because they got there because somehow they're crossing the finish line now listen when we all get to heaven i think that's what it's going to feel like i think it's going to feel like how on earth did you get here what are you doing here <laughs> We are the most unlikely members of the most hopeless team. That's us. And our performance disqualifies us. So how on earth can God paint this picture of us actually accessing heaven? Well, write this down. We have to trust Jesus alone to get us access. We have to trust Jesus alone to get us access. It says this was the eternal plan. God has a plan. The plan is a person. The person is Jesus Christ. And it says the plan has been realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Only faith in Jesus can get us into heaven. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. Jesus told the thief on the cross today, you, thief, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So here's the humbling truth that if you want to enter heaven, you have to follow the one who won the gold. If you want to enter heaven, you've got to be on his team. If you want to enter heaven, he's your only way in. Now, I've got to tell you that I uh, can do nothing that would earn me a place in the Olympics. Like, for example, if I entered a world gymnastics competition, uh, the video would go viral for all the wrong reasons, okay? Because I can't do that at all. But Simone Biles, if she wants to do it, she could check out her with, with all of her bling. Uh, she, she could win every contest because she is the best. Now listen, the only way I could get a gold medal for gymnastics is if Simone Biles was feeling really generous and she said, why don't you step up here on the podium with me? And she gave me one of her medals. That's the only way I'm getting that glory. Now listen, the thought of me being given a World Olympics medal Uh, gold medal uh, is shocking, but that's the only way that we're going to get into heaven is we're being handed this medal that we never earned. Listen, Jesus is heaven's only qualifier. Jesus is heaven's only champion. He's the only one with the gold. If you want to get in, he has to give it to you. That's called grace. Are you trusting Jesus alone to grant you access? Or do you think your best, as you're fumbling around the mat and looking like a fool, and then you stand up, do do you think that's what's going to get you into heaven? How you've lived your life? It's not. It's how Jesus triumphed at the cross. That's our only hope. Boldly access God's presence by faith in Christ. Trust Jesus alone to grant you access. And then jot this down don't lose heart when things get hard. Don't lose heart when things get hard. It says this, so I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. The the Apostle Paul's writing this from jail, talking about how they're champions and they're going to heaven and they've got treasure in that. And like, what? You're a prisoner. And he says, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart when things go bad. Don't lose heart. I'm suffering for you, which is your glory, which means he's out to bring as many people into the kingdom as he can, and he's willing to suffer in this life because he already knows where he's going. Can you live with that courage? Can you live with that confidence that you already know where you're going? He didn't have to chase nickels down here because he knew that the riches of heaven, the gold, was already his above. Is that your confidence? Do you know you're going to heaven? Too many people give up. They're tempted to turn back, to quit, to bow out, to stop short. And Christians, I got to tell you, our reward is in heaven. Jesus is there. And so we need to keep going. Don't lose heart when things get hard. Jesus is the champion. And we know how this story ends. Facebook has been throwing up a lot of Uh, past sports glorious moments over the last few weeks because there's no real sports to watch. And they keep putting up highlights from the Blackhawks winning their Stanley Cup series, one after the other, after the other, after the other. And back in the day, I listened to all or I watched all the games. For some of the final games, I was out of the state or out of the country. And I remember some of them, I was like the only Blackhawks fan there. Some of them, I, was, I found some radio station on the internet, and I was listening to double overtime. And then when they finally won, I was like, yeah, because I couldn't yell, because everyone was sleeping, right? But I remember the, the fear and the suspense and the, how is this going to end? But listen, when I watch the clips now, it's all glory, it's all glo- two goals in 17 set. I know exactly how it's going to happen. Kane scores, and you can't even see the puck. I, it's all glory. And listen, Christian. God revealed the ending. We've already seen the final minutes, and we know that He wins. So we don't have to go through this life. What's going to happen? Who's going to win? How's it going to end? We already know. And it says here, don't lose heart. I ask you not to lose heart. Over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Well, let's go back to where we began. The millionaire, Forrest Fenn, hid the treasure. Ten years nobody found it. Finally, someone found it. He made an interesting comment after he confirmed that someone actually indeed found the treasure. He said, Five years ago, someone was within 500 feet of the treasure. He said, They sent me pictures from where they were, and I thought, they're so close. He said, after that, someone was within 200 feet of the treasure. Listen, 200 feet away from two million dollars. And he said that they stopped. They stopped after the third clue, and they went home empty-handed. So listen, I don't know where you're at with God, but I would assume that there are some people this morning who are watching this, and they don't know that they're going to heaven. They don't know Jesus Christ personally. And if that's you, I don't want you to leave this life empty-handed. I don't want you to come so close to the treasure that was hidden in God since eternity past, and then to just walk away, listen, having nothing forever. So I want to give you a chance right now to respond to what you've heard by making Jesus the treasure of your life, by asking him to become everything to you, by confessing that you need a savior, you need a Messiah, and by inviting him by grace to save you. Let's pray right now to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, I thank you for your glory. Father, I thank you for your wonderful plan. We have found something worth more than a mountain of gold in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know that there are some watching this morning who don't have confidence that they're going to heaven, or worse, they've had false confidence, thinking that they were going to heaven all along, but realizing today that they've never known Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. I pray that those people right now would say out loud from their hearts, they would say, Father, forgive me, for I have sinned. You can say that right now, wherever you're at. You can say, Father, forgive me, for I have sinned. And say, I believe you sent Jesus to be the Savior. Go ahead, you say it. You put it in your own words. I believe you sent Jesus to be my Savior. I believe he died and rose again in my place. And I believe he rules heaven. And then say, Jesus, welcome me into your glorious kingdom forever. Father, I pray for those who are inviting Jesus to be their Savior and Lord. Fill them with glory and joy convince them that all the treasure of heaven is theirs in the face of Jesus Christ. And Lord, for those who are already saved, I pray O oh Lord that we would repent of not seeing the glory in the gospel, of getting tired of the things of God, of feeling like we have been short-changed by what you've given us in life. Oh Father, I pray that you would help us to see an entire city of gold is already being prepared for us. You're withholding no good thing from those who seek you. Show us again the glorious riches that are ours in Christ so that we wouldn't lose heart when life gets hard. Jesus, we thank you that you came into this world to rescue us. And we pledge ourselves to talking about you with joy to everyone around us. Give us courage and confidence to do that. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.